0: Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future with Cheryl Johnson. Over the next hour, you'll learn how the past influences the future and how you can create a fabulous future for yourself. Now, here's Cheryl. Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We are on a journey to understand the past so we can move forward into the future with focus and energy. Few presidential transitions rival the whiplash between Richard Nixon's controversial exit and the soaring optimism ushered in by Ronald Reagan a decade later. In between, two earnest but embattled presidents struggled with the memories of scandal and the realities of stagnation. The erosion of Nixon's imperial presidency, which began with a landslide victory, but morphed into controversy, began not with Democrats, but ostensible loyalists. White House counsel John Dean delivered bombshell testimony to Congress, pulling back the curtain on high-level knowledge of the Watergate break-in and cover-up. Other shocking revelations emerged, from enemy lists to profane Oval Office tapes exposing Nixon's rage, paranoia, and bigotry. President Richard Nixon's downfall during the Watergate scandal is often attributed to a series of events and decisions made by his own administration members. The key point here is the complex web of loyalty, legal pressure, and political survival that influenced the actions of Nixon's associates. First, there was the Watergate break-in and cover-up. The scandal began with the break-in at the Democratic National Committee headquarters at the Watergate office complex in 1972. It wasn't just the break-in that caused the issue, it was the subsequent cover-up. Nixon's inner circle was deeply involved in this cover-up. Second, the role that John Dean played. John Dean, Nixon's White House counsel, played a pivotal role. Initially part of the cover-up, Dean eventually testified against Nixon before the Senate Watergate Committee. His testimony was explosive, as he claimed Nixon was deeply involved in the cover-up. This was a turning point, as it directly implicated the President. Third, there was the Saturday Night Massacre. In October of 1973, Nixon ordered Attorney General Elliot Richardson to fire the special prosecutor investigating Watergate, Archibald Cox. Richardson refused and resigned, as did his deputy, William Ruckelschaus. This event, known as the Saturday Night Massacre, significantly turned public opinion against Nixon and suggested that he had something to hide. And then fourth, there were the tapes. Crucial to the unraveling of Nixon's presidency were the audio recordings of conversations in the Oval Office. Nixon's initial refusal to release these tapes, followed by the revelation that there was an 18 and a half minute gap in one of the key tapes, further fueled suspicions. Fifth, there were the resignations and indictments. As the investigation deepened, several of Nixon's closest aides resigned and some were later indicted. This included key figures like H. R. Halderman and John Ehrlichman. Sixth, Congressional Pressure Bipartisan pressure grew in Congress as evidence mounted. Nixon's support waned even among Republicans. When the House Judiciary Committee passed articles of impeachment, it became clear that Nixon had lost so much of his political base. In summary, while Nixon's own people did turn against him, the actions of Nixon's team can be seen as a combination of personal survival, legal obligation, and for some, a genuine sense of betrayal of public trust. The question of Nixon's guilt or innocence in the initial break-in remains debated, but the cover-up, which he was involved in, was what ultimately led to his resignation. After the resignation of Nixon, Gerald Ford assumed the helm. His presidency was uneventful, with the exception of the highly controversial pardon of Nixon. This set the stage for a new and totally different type of president. Jimmy Carter soon swept into office his principled Baptist faith, seeming the perfect antidote to imperial hubris. Americans welcomed this humble peanut farmer and naval veteran who promised to restore integrity after reminders that leaders are not infallible gods but equally flawed human vessels. Yet good intentions proved insufficient as Carter grappled with the harsh realities of stagflation, a global turmoil, and the Iran hostage crisis failures enervating his administration. His time in office was also mired in rising prices, gas shortages, and energy controversies. Ronald Reagan assumed the presidency in 1980, aiming to usher in a new era of vibrant optimism after a previous decade mired in malaise. As an eloquent communicator brimming with self-assured confidence, Reagan proved capable of translating conservative convictions into enduring mainstream appeal. By restoring faith in core American institutions, his administration oversaw considerable economic, diplomatic, and military accomplishments that supporters still celebrate today. At the domestic level, President Reagan implemented sweeping programs aimed at unleashing private enterprise and entrepreneurial Income tax and capital gains cuts left more earnings in citizens' pockets while loosening bureaucratic strictures incentivized new business creation. Over his two terms, unemployment dropped significantly while GDP and incomes rose across individual corporate and government tax bases. He was also able to reduce the prime interest rate. The prime interest rate during Jimmy Carter's administration slowed immensely the growth in the housing market as people could not afford mortgage payments with high interest rates. Abroad, after a period of perceived post-Vietnam reticence, Reagan reasserted American engagement, partnering with Margaret Thatcher's Britain to champion democracy globally. Reagan denounced the Soviet Union as an evil empire while accelerating arms races he judged would bankrupt repressive adversaries. After productive dialogue with Mikhail Gorbachev, landmark arms reduction treaties later eased Cold War tensions. By the decade's close, the Berlin Wall fell, foreshadowing eventual Western victory absent military confrontation. Critics argue 80s prosperity and trickle-down economics contain the seeds of later inequality, that military escalation brought unnecessary perils, or that Gorbachev deserves more credit for Soviet reforms, but Reagan's confident projection of timeless American ideals resonated widely. He oversaw generational tax code reform, left office with strong approval ratings, and remains an icon for conservatives today. His time in office was not without controversy, though. His presidency was also noted for the release of many people from mental institutions, which many claim led to a later homelessness crisis, all in the name of civil rights. In addition, he championed deregulation of the airlines, which led to a consolidation of many small airlines, which many now blame caused the monopolies that exist in the airline industry. He also challenged union authority as deregulation caused many airlines to go on strike and many people were willing to cross picket lines and work as scabs, thus undermining union power. In addition, he deregulated the savings and loan financial businesses, causing temporary instability in that market sector. There was also an historic stock market crash in 1988, and lest we forget the Iran-Contra Affair and Oliver North. The Iran-Contra Affair combined two separate issues, the sale of arms to Iran and the funding of Contra rebels in Nicaragua. First, there were arms sales to Iran. In 1985 and 1986, the U.S. secretly facilitated the sale of arms to Iran, which was then embroiled in the Iran-Iraq War. This was controversial because Iran was under an arms embargo and the U.S. had officially declared a neutral stance in the conflict. The goal was to secure the release of American hostages held by Hezbollah in Lebanon, which was believed to be influenced by Iran. Second, there was the funding of the Contras. At the same time, profits from the arms sales were diverted to fund the Contras, a rebel group in Nicaragua fighting against the Sandinistas government which was left-wing and had close ties to the Soviet Union. This was controversial because Congress had prohibited further aid to the Contras through the Boland Amendment. The scandal became public in November of 1986, leading to investigations by the U.S. Congress and a special prosecutor. Key figures in this scandal included National Security staff member Lt. Col. Oliver North, National Security Advisor John Poindexter, and others. The affair raised significant questions about the executive branch's adherence to congressional authority and the rule of law, particularly in foreign policy matters. These issues still resonate today. While no leader proves flawless, Reagan's gifts for communication and restoration of citizen morale helped close a period of discouragement with renewed patriotism. Where predecessor Jimmy Carter pined for humility after Watergate, Reagan aimed higher, openly extolling America's promise, a rhetoric that marshaled the talents of what he proudly called a shining city upon a hill. The 1990s roared with the dual engines of Clintonian charisma and Internet-fueled optimism. The magnetic political pairing of President Clinton and Vice President Al Gore steered a booming economy and pioneered digital age visions. Despite partisan clashes with Speaker Newt Gingrich's contract with America, Congress— a savvy central Clinton presided over rising wages, low unemployment, and a record shattering tech stock surge. Buoyed by these tailwinds, the future seemed overflowing with possibility. Ponytailed programmers turned billionaires symbolized Silicon Valley's dizzying ascent. Venture backed startups attracting millions in investment bubbled with world changing ambitions. Established giants like AOL, Dell, and Cisco raced ever higher. The NASDAQ index quadrupled, minting paper fortunes while rewiring how entire industries communicated, advertised, and operated. Yet irrational exuberance. Not sober analysis drove this dot-com boom. Many high-flying companies hemorrhaged cash without profits in sight. Abstract Internet concepts garnered staggering sums that traditional metrics like earnings couldn't justify. When the bubble inevitably burst, Pets.com and scores of other failed startups became post-hoc punchlines. Over $5 in market value vaporized. Tech employees faced painful layoffs. The era's spoils were unequally shared, too, while sectors like entertainment and finance digitalized successfully. Manufacturing withered under outsourcing and automation pressures. Economic displacement bred resentments later weaponized politically. Rust-belt nostalgia dueled with coastal dynamism. Now, with hindsight, Clinton's roller coaster 1990s seem Janus-faced, at once offering glimpses of a globally connected future, but also widening societal fissures obscured by the boom time sheen. The dot-com dream foretold today's tech-infused reality, but realization took shape through evolution, not overnight revolution. For in times of dizzying change, sober collective vision beats irrational individual exuberance. Clinton's presidency, though, is most noted for the Monica Lewinsky scandal and the blue dress incident. The Monica Lewinsky scandal was a major scandal, involving U.S. President Bill Clinton and a 22-year-old White House intern, Monica Lewinsky. The scandal centered around a sexual relationship between Clinton and Lewinsky that occurred between 1995 and 1997. Lewinsky confided in Linda Trapp, her coworker, who secretly recorded their conversations and later revealed the affair to federal investigators. The issue escalated when it became part of a larger investigation by independent counsel Ken Starr, who was initially investigating other manners related to Clinton, including the Whitewater controversy. In January 1998, Clinton famously stated, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. However... Evidence including a dress belonging to Lewinsky with Clinton's DNA contradicted his denial. Clinton later admitted to an inappropriate relationship. The scandal led to Clinton being impeached by the House of Representatives in 1998 on charges of perjury and obstruction of justice. However, he was acquitted by the Senate in February 1999 and completed his second term as president. The scandal and its fallout were significant for several reasons, including the intense media coverage, the debate over private versus public morality in political figures, and the discussion about abuse of power and sexual harassment. During the Clinton presidency, there were a few minor military conflicts. Most notable were Somalia in 1993 and 94. Although the U.S. military involvement in Somalia began under President George H.W. Bush in 1992, it continued into Clinton's term. The operation aimed to support humanitarian efforts in the midst of a civil war and famine, the most notable incident in the Battle of Mogadishu in October of 1993, where 18 American soldiers were killed. The incident led to the withdrawal of U.S. forces. In 1995 and 1996, the United States was involved in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Clinton played a key role in NATO's intervention in the Bosnian War. Operation Deliberate Force, a NATO bombing campaign, in August and September of 1995 helped bring the Bosnian War to an end. The Dayton Accords, which Clinton helped broker in December of 1995, formally ended the war. The United States was involved in what was termed Operation Uphold Democracy in Haiti in 1994 and 95. This was an effort to restore the democratically elected president, Jean-Bertrand Aristide. The operation was successful and Aristide was reinstated. In 1999, there was the Kosovo War. The U.S. and NATO conducted an aerial bombing campaign against Yugoslavia in 1999 during the Kosovo War. The intervention aimed to stop the ethnic cleansing of Albanians by Serbian forces in Kosovo. The bombing led to the withdrawal of Yugoslav and Serbian forces from Kosovo and the establishment of a UN-administered province. And then there was Iraq, which continued throughout his presidency. Clinton's administration enforced no-fly zones over northern and southern Iraq that were established after the Gulf War. There were periodic airstrikes against Iraqi military targets, particularly under Operation Desert Fox in December of 1998 in response to Iraqi violations of UN resolutions. These conflicts reflect the range of military and humanitarian interventions the U.S. engaged in during the 1990s, emphasizing peacekeeping, regional stability, and human rights. Although peace and prosperity were the overriding themes of the 1980s and 1990s, it was not without controversy, and those controversies are blamed for many of the problems we have today. Homelessness, income inequality, large business monopolies, political payback scandals, and endless wars that began during this time period. We will get into those in future episodes. But remember, what seeds we sow today will yield results in the future. Will those results bring about weeds that choke out a beautiful future, or will they be fruitful and productive as we strive to weave a future marked by cooperation, understanding, and a commitment to avoiding the mistakes of the past. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening journey through time on Flashback to a Fabulous Future. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We hope today has helped you understand how the past influences the future and created the present. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.